This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society, and we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. Tommy Robinson, enemy of the state, he who cannot be named. It's so good to have you with us. Thanks so much for your time today. I can be named now. (laughs) I'm being named everywhere. (laughs) It is crazy. But let's, look, there's so much to get into. Uh, Your arrest for, I don't know whether you were just arrested for a bad breakfast, but anyway, first person you get arrested for having breakfast. It was bad. Uh, (laughs) We'll get into that. Uh, Social media reach. Uh, But actually, people can find you, obviously, uh, at T. Robinson, New Era. Uh, your, the problem uh, is they won't be able to find that. So they will if they put the address in, because I'm still shadow banned on Twitter. So I'm, I'm profile banned. So if you just go and search Tommy Robinson, you can't find me. Which is it's good that 120,000 people have found extra people have found me in the last three weeks. Considering you cannot search for me on Twitter, um, which I'm frustrated about. If it's a home of citizen journalism, give me back my account. Why limit who can see me? Uh, maybe it's already on from before when I was deplatformed before, and maybe they had the, the search ban on there previously. Maybe they haven't realized that. I hope so. I hope that my reach, you know, I'm given the ability to reach the masses. That's what it should be. So there shouldn't be limits on who can who can find me, which is currently there are. So, but yeah, at T Robinson New Era, that's where I'm at. I. I I sometimes think crap. What's Tommy on? I'm on my phone and don't have it saved or whatever. Oh no, of course I can't find it. Let me check his feeds, and you're at least you're there, certainly in our feeds. The one other thing is trsilence.com uh, for your books. Maybe mention that before we get on because um, those oh, are. I'm on a um, gift. It's Christmas. I don't care. As I said, I've got three kids, and they've got big lists. And you can, this is enemy of the state. If you watch what happened recently with my arrest in London, you watched that little clip and you saw I'd done nothing, yeah? If you go on my Wikipedia and read my criminal convictions, literally it's a list of the things you just witnessed. And I get put before a judge, not a jury. I've never had a jury, ever. I won't have a jury this time. I will not have a jury for an upcoming trial where I face two years. It's insane. This details my life story. You get to understand the person I am, not the person they say I am. Um, this, I, I, I bought this out in 2015. I then wrote another book, was to, to talk about big tech censorship, government in, interference, the interference in government and influence they put on private businesses in order to silence you, control you. But when they control me, they're controlling what you hear. This talks about that. This was banned. I, ironically called silenced. I put it on Amazon. This went to number one three times, four times uh, on Amazon. This was up to number three in the first five days. It was going to number one, and then they cancelled it totally. So the only place you can get these, you can get this now, is trsilence.com. You can buy, you can get personalised copies, signed copies. Um, but this was banned. When you think about it, like Mein Kampf, Hitler's book is not banned on Amazon. Yeah? You can write about Hitler on Facebook on both of those platforms. If you mention my name, or if or if I try and bring out a book detailing my story, they're both banned. They want to control and tell the tell the public who I am. They don't want them hearing from me. Um, it's quite a worrying level of censorship and control that we see. But, yeah, you can get those books if you want to know any more about my life. And the, the reality beyond the headlines, the truth behind the headlines, and I'm actually just putting pen to paper on another one because I want to get my side across. Well, that is uh, the two books there. Uh, make sure 
and go uh, to the website, click on the shop tab, and you can order them. And by doing that, it's it's a, a way of supporting Tommy. And actually, I know people who bought two, three of them, uh, had one for themselves and passed on to, to friends and family. Um, so it's a perfect opportunity. Why not? I know many, many of our friends who won't talk to us about any of this, they'll be desperate for a Tommy Robinson book. So why not make their Christmas, give it to them, but challenge them because it, Tommy, all this is word of mouth, isn't it? If, if a friend recommends something, then that person is more likely to have a go and have a look. And I think that's the best way of recommending. Do you know how many emails I'm receiving daily? Do you know how many notes I'm getting with the orders of these books? Do you know how many people have just turned, just realising? Now they're searching, they're shocked by what they're finding. I've getting so many apologies of people who hated me, people who said they didn't, they, they judged me on what the media were telling them and they can't believe how fooled they've been. What that then does is make people question everything, which is what COVID helped with this. People saw the lies. They saw the pushing of the vaccine. They saw them not telling the truth. They saw all these different things. And then it's made them question a lot more. And then when they see little snippets like you saw the other day of my arrest, it opens their eyes. So really, it's um, it's enlightening for people. It's, it's good for our cause. We want people to question everything. We want them to see that they're being fooled by the media and lied to by the media. The media are not there to give them the news. They're there to tell them how to think, what to think, and, 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 and who to think that about. So, yeah. But, yeah. And and I certainly, whenever here, whenever I've been with you going, uh, going around anywhere um, in a town, the support you get is ninety five, ninety eight percent positive. I, I actually still remember on a train in London. This is probably four years ago, uh, sitting on a train, and I had messaged you something, and you were there, Tommy Robinson, on my phone. Probably stupid, but hey, uh, and. Suddenly, the guy beside packed train. The guy beside me said, "Hey, mate, uh, was that the the Tommy Robinson you just messaged?" And I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "The the actual Tommy Robinson." I said, "Okay, how's this got to go?" Yeah, yeah. And he goes, "No way!" And then he shouts over to his mate, who's like six seats long. This guy knows Tommy Robinson. He goes, "No way! Holy shit! How do you know Tommy?" And tells about. And suddenly, I'm thinking, "Oh no, how's this going to go?" But it's. It's the norm. It's when you mention your name, the reception by and large hugely is positive. And that's the opposite of what the media tram portray. I, I will do. One day I'm just going to get someone to stand back and film me as I walk through places. Because yeah. I obviously am aware of the public, of the perception of, like, of the reception I receive. So that gives me, does it inspire me? It makes me aware that they're not winning. So I get, most of the time, a hero's reception when I go places. And I understand, uh, yeah. So that they they have wished to portray this image of uh, we're we're part of a fringe movement. We're not. We're mainstream. Yeah? People are thinking what we're thinking. They feel the way we feel. They're seeing what we see. So they want us to be some little fringe movement, and they want to portray that I'm the most hated man in Britain. Total opposite. So yeah, and I know that. And, and luckily for me, my children have been have been able to see that everywhere I go. And it's not. And and you know what? Their their attempt to portray us as racist. I was walking through the airport yesterday. Majority of people come up who shake my hand, ask some photos. Well, why? It's, so it's like, yeah, they're not winning. They haven't won. Um, their Here. lies are, Their lies have been seen. I know. Okay, the arrest. So you went to report as a journalist, which is what you've been doing for years, uh, reporting on news, uh, bringing information to the public on 
grooming gangs and of course uh people can watch the rape of britain episodes uh, this was something different this was going to report on the palestinian pro hamas demonstration um and you go for a, a breakfast and then uh, everything kicks off um what what exactly happened and then we'll maybe touch on what exactly the powers the police currently have in the uk john i find frustrating i see so many people who for once have actually defended me or defended what happened, yeah? News presenters, television presenters, radio hosts. But they still want to put this doubt over the fact that I'm a journalist. I have produced, in the last 24 months, six feature-length films and investigative pieces, yeah? It's more than any other journalist or any other documentary has made. I go to events. I put one up yesterday. I went to Poland to cover their Independence Day. Why did I go there? Because the BBC News told you it was 60,000 Nazis marching. So I went there to give a fair appraisal of what was happening on the ground. Yeah, I put another one up last night of when I went to the Football Lads Alliance march. I went there because the BBC decided, because there was no trouble, not to even cover it. Yeah, And anyone else labelled them as far right. So I went to see who was there. Lo and behold, lots of non-white people. People weren't far right. Political persuasions from all different. I go there to give the public, which the public trust me to do, a fair appraisal. And I ask questions that I think should be asked as a journalist, which unfortunately mainstream journalists do not ask. And when I go to these events, I also go question the journalists. Yeah? That's why I went to this anti-Semitism march to do. Okay, I have done countless demonstrations like this. I've done pro-EU demonstrations where I've gone and questioned people about the European Union, the money, the influence, who's in control of it. I've done this. It's what I do. Yeah, It's my full-time job as a journalist. And I went there this day. I would have gone and supported because I'm on that side. Yeah, But I, w- I was there in the capacity as a journalist. So when I see people casting doubt over this, I just think you're casting doubt. You're not even a journalist. You don't investigate anything. You just repeat what you're told to repeat. And then you've got the audacity, like I had some Sky News presenter when I was at the anti-Semitism one, questioning me. I think you, you've just bought Hamas's propaganda. I've watched you. Yeah, I've watched your news channel. I've actually exposed your news channel, Jason Farrell, through covert recordings. I've, I've exposed that you manipulate the public. You fool them and lie to them and deceive them, where you put voiceovers that weren't to certain questions. You actually change what was changed the entire narrative of what was said and fool people. So I went there to give a report. When I arrived, I sat down in a cafe to get breakfast. I was then approached by the police who told me that my presence could cause alarm and distress. To who? Yeah. Uh, you can, and then they stood and watched outside waiting. And all they would have seen was me receive, ha- have a great reception from people. Photos, smiley, happy, all normal people, not far right like the usual accusations by them. But they then... When I went to leave the cafe to start my reporting, to question people, and I sat and done it in the cafe. I asked people why they're here, why is it important for them to be here, what's your views of the police's response? Because when they're talking about alarm and distress, my presence causing alarm and distress. We have 40,000 Muslims on a terror watch list, yeah? We have his but here, prescribed terrorist organisations in most countries holding rallies. The day before, the day before I was in London, holding a rally, calling for Muslim armies, Muslim armies, yeah? They're meant to be on a ceasefire protest, but they're calling for Muslim armies. All these different things. We've got people calling from the river to the sea. We've got people calling for the destruction of the only Jewish state. We've got them calling to gas the Jews. We've got all of, we're witnessing this. We're seeing mosque after mosque after mosque, preacher after preacher after preacher, 
spouting the most hatred we've seen and the public have seen. No one's facing arrest. No one's facing prosecution. None of their freedoms are limited. They're not being kicked out of their capital cities. So the exposure, the expose of a two-tier policing system, Sadiq Khan's Met Police Force, coming down on me, who was totally law-abiding that day, I was at work. In fact, Section 35 of their own legislation says that if someone's at work paid to be somewhere, they cannot give them a dispersal order. That this comes into the argument where they do not want to recognise I'm a journalist. And that's because they wish to control what journalists they have. The mainstream media never give the true effect. None of their reporting is factual. They do not ask the questions that need to be asked, whether it be grooming, whether it be the Hamas conflict. None of them go where it needs to go, where you need to go and the questions that need to be asked. So they wish to control it. Um, as, as anyone would have seen, I was calm. I left the cafe. I didn't even get a chance to leave. I was surrounded by 30 police officers. I was manhandled. They dragged me the wrong way, realised they dragged me the wrong way, pulled me back the other way. I was trying to explain to them, if you're going to kick me out of here, he's got my car keys. I need my car keys, my mate that you've just dragged me away from. So if you just think you're dumping me down the road and saying, leave, I can't. My car's here. So I was trying to explain this and then boom, then they started manhandling me more. They pulled me down. They put my hands behind my back, handcuffed me. During this process, he pulled my head back and CS sprayed me from point blank range. Insane when you watch this. If this had happened to a non-white citizen, in fact, if this has happened in China, Russia, or any of these countries, every politician in our country would be up in arms. They'd be screaming about it. Yeah, They'd be talking about how uh, about free speech and about the importance of freedom of the press. And I didn't I haven't seen one single politician mention the fact that I was manhandled, violently attacked by the police and had my rights and my freedoms taken from me. And right now they're taken from me still, Peter. I'm supposed to be in London in two days. I was supposed to be in London on Thursday to interview the Jordanian opposition leader. I was supposed to be interviewing, uh, I was supposed to be doing a, a, um, a sit down with the Dubai News Channel. My, 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 my job is now affected my activism, if I wanted to do activism, is affected. I'm currently banned from going within the M25 where I'm taken straight to prison. I'm not allowed to associate protests, be involved in the protest. But they're my rights. I didn't do anything. It's like, you may want to take my rights, but I'm not going to surrender them to you. That's why on that day, it's like, leave. Why would I leave? I haven't done anything. I'm not just going to let you let you take my freedoms, like, without, you know. Well, the whole thing of journalism, because they're um, up to now, thank God, we haven't had an official list like you may get in, in some countries where the government approve some and don't approve other. It is if you're producing content, if you're interviewing, if you're putting news out, then you are a journalist. There is no, you don't have to have a NUJ card to define you as a journalist. And I don't think our politicians or police know that. Please think you do. It's like, no. I've actually gone through court cases where I've got the transcripts and the judges recognise me as a journalist. Yeah. I'm recognised as a journalist. It's my full-time job. You don't get to choose who's a journalist, thankfully, yeah, because we know what you do when you control the media. When citizen journalists started rising and challenging your narrative, you then attempt, you then tried to control it through big tech. Your gov- the government's put pressure on private businesses to influence. We've seen it on the Twitter files. You've seen it time and time again. We saw it of Russell Brand recently. Exactly what's happening there has happened to all citizen journalists. It's why X, Twitter, 
is so important, as Elon Musk said, citizen journalism is the future. Yeah? No one can sway what I say or the narrative I slant or, or, or the news I give. No one can do that. So I don't have no big uh, sponsorships or, or uh, advertisers that can tell me what I can and can't say. So I will go and ask raw questions and give raw detail and raw footage and challenge them and challenge what they're saying. And they don't like that. And it's not just that they don't like that. I believe there was a, a total other plan to this. I believe that if you look at, I I organised for people to come and defend Armitage Day to make sure that our two-minute silence was not disrupted by Hamas jihadi supporters. Thousands upon thousands of men attended. Um, within 48 hours of being given back my social media and my voice, I received a letter from the Attorney General warning me that they're looking at prosecuting me for contempt of court because I created a film called Silenced. They gave me an injunction preventing you, the public, from seeing what's in that film. That film is a total expose with covert recordings. It shows that they are corrupt. They spent money to control the truth. They silence people. The lengths they go to to make sure they are in control of that narrative is insane, all documented in the film. They really don't want the world watching that film, so they then give me an injunction saying I get two years in jail if anyone watches the film. The film was leaked seven months ago. Uh, for seven months, I heard nothing. I'm giving back my voice on social media. 48 hours later, I'm threatened by the Attorney General. I told the Attorney General politely with my legal team to fuck off. Yeah? You, again, you are not... In good Elon Musk style. You are not taking my freedom of speech. I'm not surrendering it to you. Yeah? I will not give it up to you. You may, you may wish to take it. Well, to take it, you're going to have to put me in jail. Yeah? You're not, I'm not just going to accept that you are limiting my freedom of speech, limiting my freedom of assembly, when I've done nothing wrong. If I get before a judge on contempt of court, tell me what's in the film that's incorrect. It, there's nothing in there that's incorrect. It's a school record. It's covert recordings of seven teachers saying that they were paid. You paid them. Who paid them? The leader of the Muslim, the leader of the local police council, who's now resigned for fraud, yeah? whose brother is the Islamic radical imam, who made sure the, Jew, the Batley school teacher is still in hiding. He's the one who has organised all the protests. Our councils have been infiltrated. Our governments have been infiltrated. Every institution in our country has been infiltrated. I made a documentary that proved it. And guess what? The judiciary is infiltrated and all. And it all proves it. So, I, I, as I said, within 48 hours, I received that letter. Um, I now face two years in, in jail for that film. Um, it's not a film that I put out. It, it was leaked. I didn't put it out. So I will fight it in court. And when I fight you in court, they're just going to bring more attention to the film. Like, hopefully, and especially when people see what just happened last weekend, your people are going to realise, shit, they're going for him. This is an establishment attack. They're attempting everything they can. And this isn't just, oh, well, I keep saying it. This is far bigger than Tommy Robinson. You don't have to like me. You don't have to like my history. You don't have to like my past. You don't have to like what I've said, what I've done, to realise that we should not live in a society where government overreach, police are used the police are used to attack people and, and they're not and then they, they, they're used to enforce their laws and actually corrupt their laws and abuse their laws on certain people with certain ideas and then totally stand by with their hands tied behind their back with jihadists and extremists. You know? People have seen it. We just saw the arrest of the, the Muslim who was kicking off up in Manchester and then the police let him go. They de-arrested him because they faced a mob. So who controls the streets? The mob. You know? The mob. What they're sending out of messages, get violent. Be, be violent yeah, and you'll get what you want. And of course, they're gonna, that's going to embolden these Hamas supporters on our streets 
But it's, it's also outraging the entire British public who are watching this. And it's something I've spoke about for 15 years. I've spoke about from, from in fact, in fact, if you dig up the article I wrote in 2004, which I used in my Oxford Union speech, I spoke then in my local newspaper about the two-tier policing. Iron fists for us, kid gloves for them. Yeah? Same with funding. I, it, it's funding for their community through the roof. We're ignored, white working class. We're, we're, we're totally ignored by our government and our, and our councils. But that's something like, I think a lot of people have watched what's happened. They don't agree with it. I'm actually going to be in court, Peter. I'm just waiting for a message now. I think I may be in court this Wednesday, if not Monday. So I will be in court to challenge the legalities of my bail conditions. Because anyway, if you watched it, I've done nothing wrong. Why am I banned from my capital city? Why are these jihadists not banned from their capital city? Why did you abuse the law to arrest me for doing nothing wrong, yet you pat them on their back when they climb up and desecrate our, mon our monuments? Why? It's so blatant what you're doing. It's so blatant to every member of the British public. I don't know if you watched the, the recent interview I've done with a gentleman up in um, Leicester, 70-year-old gentleman, who was also issued a Section 35. He was also dragged through his town centre and arrested. So what people need to realise is, if they can do this to me, you may think it's funny that they're doing it to me if you don't like me, but if they can do it to me, they can do it to you. And they're using this to abuse their powers up and down this country against one community. Not against everyone. Yeah, One community gets off scot-free, the Islamic community. The jihadists, the far-left extremists, if this hasn't been a wake-up call, the unholy alliance of the far-left and the far-right and the Islamists all joining together on this one issue of hating Jews. Yeah? It's what we're witnessing. So... Well, that, look, that's been a, a well pick up on those who've supported you, pick up on your social media reach. But it is that it, it's very weird. I'm scratching my head trying to work out this hatred of Israel, calling everyone Zionist shills is the term. <laughs> I'm trying to scratch my because I mean, my support for Israel is, is biblical. As a Christian, it goes back Jerusalem being 3,000 years, the capital of Israel. So for me, it's all that history. And then you've got individuals who say, no, these uh, Palestinians, uh, whoever, whatever Palestinians are, uh, and the hatred against the Jews. And I've been really surprised at the ferocity, the aggression against Israel. I, I never no, expected that to happen. It's not against Israel. It, it, Israel's an excuse. It's against Jews. Yeah. And essentially, essentially, you are looking, what you're witnessing with the far-right alignment of them, Iran have as much money given to them by America mainly, but Iran, all, all, all of these countries are now influencing, yeah? They're influencing social, um, social media influencers, of receiving funds and money to promote the Quran, to promote Islam, to convert to Islam, yeah, all across the globe. Yeah? You're seeing TikTokers now pushing it and spreading it. There is a bottomless pit of money coming out of that Middle East. And they all make the accusations against us. Yeah, If you don't hate Jews, you're Zionist, you're Mossad, you're funded by the Jews, etc. There, It's the total opposite. We're, we're, we're witnessing an Iranian proxy army online and on the streets, funded en masse, yeah? funded en masse. So, and when they go on about, it's like we talk about Jew hatred or we talk about Israel. As I said, I've said this multiple times recently, people need to understand. Mein Kampf's book, Mein Kampf, Hitler's book, has 7% Jew hatred in it. The Quran has 9%. The Hadith has 12%. If a political organisation set up today, and as part of its manifesto, 9% of it was hatred of Jews, would it be outlawed? Would it be banned? Yes, it would. 
Why are we giving a special protection to the ideology, not religion, the ideology of Islam that promotes violence, that promotes hatred, that promotes intolerance, it promotes Jew hatred, it promotes sexual enslavement of non-Muslims? Why is it given a protection that we're not even allowed to talk about it? You're not even allowed to question it. You're not allowed to criticise it. You're thrown out accusations of hate speech. The only real hate speech is coming out of the mosques and they're getting away with it. You're not using the laws you've created. If anyone hasn't seen now, the hate speech laws are not there to stop hate speech. They're there to stop you criticising what they're pushing. Yeah? And Islam is being pushed on all of us. And it's like Mein Kampf is banned. The Quran is pushed and celebrated. And the influence and the social media influences that everyone can now see all over the world who are pushing this agenda in America, across the globe. They're pushing this agenda. They're the ones receiving their funds. They're the ones getting paid for it. I've always stood and said openly, look, it's not difficult. Hamas are ISIS, yeah? Hamas have already come out and said, first the, Christian, first the Jews, then the Christians. Their statement's not mine, yeah? Listen to what they're saying. They're not talking about, they talk about the kafar. They talk about the infidels. It's all of us. If you do not think, and I keep saying even to these far-right morons, yeah? Say, so listen, if they've murdered 1,500 Jews, and they've slaughtered, they've raped. Look how emboldened they've become in every Western nation. They're not bothered. They, this has given them, we will see more jihad. We just seen an arrest yesterday for a planned attack in in, um, in, in Vegas. We've seen a French attack. Yeah. The man who'd done the France attack had already been arrested previously for planning another attack. Yeah, planning. What's he even doing on the street? These people are at war with us. Intern them. Get them off the street. You know they're at risk. Get rid of them. 3,000 3, Muslims are monitored 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because we know they're planning to attack us. Get rid. If they've got dual nationality passports, fuck them off. They've got to go. The time for sitting and, and anymore is gone. How many more of our people do you want to see killed? Now, if Israel was conquered by these jihadists, They've tried it many times before. They made it clear in the Seven Day War, all the leaders of the surrounding Islamic nations come out and said, we're going to take your women. We're taking them as slaves. Everything is Quranic. Everything is, uh, is scripturally inspired. Stop pretending it's about Israel. Yeah? And, and if they've done that, to, if, if, say, for example, to these brain dead morons who keep talking about freeing Palestine and attacking Israel, do you think if the jihadists conquered Israel, yeah? and they wipe out, and then they're in control of Jerusalem and every Christian holy site. Do you think you're going to have the right to go there to all the Christians? Yeah? Do, what, what do you think it's going to look like as a nation? What's it going to look like, like an Islamic state? Yeah? And do you think they stop there? Do you not understand jihad? Do you not understand their mindset of Islamic supremacy to rule and dominate the world? Not to rule and dominate Israel. Israel's the first step. Then it's coming for the rest of us. You don't see them coming through Europe. You don't see what's going to happen. It's just it's pretty infuriating when you see the alignment of all these people joining together. And um, and it has become vocal and it has become loud. And, and that's because they are, I'd say many of them paid, but they are also they also have their staunch beliefs. So they're, they're, they're very loud in it. But if you go out day to day and get out of the bubbles of online, yeah, you realise the vast majority of the British public stand on the side of Israel. Yeah. Maybe not the youngsters, which is why you see the American election now. I've been watching what's happening in America. This American election 2024 is the most important in their country's history. Yeah, You see, if, if, if the Republicans do not win this and the four million that have come through the borders now becomes eight million, 12 million yeah? of, of dependents who will vote for Democrats. 
there will never be a Republican uh, government again. And not just there will be, never be a Republican government again. If you look at the mindset of the elders and the youngers in the United States and in Great Britain, our education systems have been totally infiltrated. They are winning that war. Yeah? So the 16 to 24-year-olds hate Israel. Yeah, the extremism. Look at look at teachers having to hide because they went to a pro-Israel rally, and hundreds of students getting violent in universities across the United States. You have one chance now. It's 2024. You need to elect a leader who's going to challenge it, stop it, stop the funding to these universities, schools, colleges, stop the sexualization of the kids, stop the transgender movement and the push for it, stop the Islamization, stop the anti-Jew hatred. You've got one chance. It's this year because after this year. America, I'm surprised how fast it's accelerated. We've been warning about it. I've been trying to warn America and giving speeches about to America since 2009, simply saying, listen, we, I know. I've, I've had it. I've seen my town change. One mosque in 1982 to 45 now. You're in trouble. Your government. Yeah. And, and we're seeing now the influence, like, you're seeing all the politicians who are resigning from the Labour Party. They're on their stance on the Israel... Um, Palestinian conflict, they're the ones that have large support. They're voters. Okay. Muslim. So they're changing their stances based on their base. Yeah. Well, that Muslim population, the majority of them want homosexuality, homosexuality outlawed. At which point in the future do you not think these politicians are going to be pushing that? The majority of them, 50%, said they would not report on a 50% of British Muslims, not report on someone if they knew they were fighting vices. 50%, 75%. Wouldn't report on someone getting involved in extremism. We got a massive problem here, a huge problem. Four times as many British Muslims joined ISIS, went to fight for ISIS, and never joined the British military. So we have their alignment will be with Islam first, Islam second, Islam third. Not democracy, not our rule of law, not their political parties. Islam. You have to understand Islam. People need to get their heads out of their ass. start researching who Muhammad was, start really understanding what the agenda of Islam will be. What do you think? And I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm working on something now, yeah? You go to cities, go to Manchester, look at the Christmas market. It's fortified. It has bollards this big. We'll call them diversity barriers, yeah? It's fortified. You've got armed police with machine guns. Do you know the promotion for the Manchester Christmas market is where you can buy your halal meat at the Christmas market. Your halal meat. Where do you buy your bacon sandwich at the eat at the eat celebrations? Yeah, we're totally changing everything. Now you look at Manchester, then look, they've just banned the one in they've, they've cancelled the most uh, historic Christmas market in the UK has now been cancelled. The Jewish festivals are getting cancelled. Okay. Go to Paris, Christmas market was cancelled. Go and look in Germany. We've just had more arrests this week of men who were planning another terrorist attack on a Christmas market. We had the previous Christmas attack. I'm going to Germany in two weeks to show people what their Christmas markets now look like. 5% Muslim population, yeah? I'm going to also go to Eastern Europe to show you how beautiful their Christmas markets are, how free and safe they are. What's the difference? It's an Islamic community. Now, 5%, what do you think it looks like when you've got 20%? You think Do you think your children are going to enjoy the same freedoms you've enjoyed? Do you think your Christmas celebrations are going to continue to be the same? No, they're not. More are going to get massacred. More are going to get killed. It's become a, going to become dangerous. Say this out loud. It's now dangerous to go to a Christmas market in Great Britain. What do you want for your kids? What point do you say enough's enough? What point do we look and say, hold on a minute. We're losing our freedoms. 
we're losing our culture, we're losing our identity, while you throw diversity down our throat, and we're not going to tolerate it anymore. I know I want my kids to go to a, a free and safe Christmas market, but we don't have them anymore. Yeah? But that's at 5%. The, inc the increasing demographic of the Islamic community is going to continue to rise, yeah, because we're allowing it to. We give benefits, stop benefits from more than two children. My local imam's got three wives and 14 kids. End it. Stop it. We're paying for it. They've got three houses. His, he, just that one Muslim man has three separate houses with 14 children in it that we pay for. Okay? We are paying for our own demise. We are funding our own takeover. So at some point, and again, I'll stress, yes, there's some lovely Muslims, but I want freedom for my children. Okay? And those lovely Muslims ain't stopping anything. Yeah? They're not stopping it. We need to stop it. Our governments need to stop it. We need to elect leaders like Gert Wilders. Hopefully Le Pen wins. I hope Philip the Vinter. I hope we see the rise of, of these leaders. I know that over and Winder's going to shift. What is acceptable to say now, certainly after Gert Wilders' election, after he stormed the election, the mood of Europe has changed. Yeah. The people are awakening. And unfortunately, we still have total cowards in our in our parliament. I can't see one political party in the UK, currently the main ones anyway, that will address these issues or talk about. They, oh. even, they even, I've seen many of the people even on our so-called GB News saying, well, Gert Wilders can't agree with all of his policies. Really, which one? Because he's putting his people first. Yeah. He's defending his country first. And that's his job. That's what he's elected to do so now, yeah, is to protect Dutch people. End the immigration now. Stop endangering us now. Stop adding to the problem. When you solve the problem, maybe look at it. But at the minute, it needs to stop. But we're seeing that political hoop across Europe. Uh, AFD, they're panicking with their rise and, of course, Freedom Party in Austria. But I, um, I want to ask you about support. I've been pleasantly surprised uh, with some of the voices who have come out support you. And I don't know on the journalism side, I don't know whether, not on the political side, of course not, but on the journalism side, and I don't know whether some journalists are thinking, well, if they come for Tommy because he's simply reporting on an event, they'll come for me. I don't know if it's about themselves, but maybe talk about some of the um, when this goes out tonight, you'll have been on uh, TNT uh, with James Freeman. I saw you with Maratusi. I, I mean, tell us about some of those uh, positive sides because journalists are wakening up and therefore the message gets out further. I'd say certain ones of them are legit. Maratusi's legit. I've watched him for not just recent, but yeah. before it was acceptable to speak out. He was speaking out. Yeah. Some of them now, I think, are turning because they realise it's acceptable to turn. Yeah, It's like they realise that the public mood's there. You just have to read the comments on any article that's negative about me. Read the comments. Any journalist that comes out on Slate and says anything negative about me, just read the comments. They realise the public are not on that side. Yeah, The public are awake, and they're just jumping, like many of them do, like politicians do, when it becomes mainstream. All the people who have said Tommy Robinson's toxic, don't want to stand near him, can't speak about him, they'll all then be wanting to. And it, I find it frustrating at times I, when, as I see people and I think, mate, since 2009, we've been banging this drum. Been, if you'd have listened back then and you wouldn't have gone with the far-right racist label, which is total lies, totally unfounded, zero evidence of. In fact, all the evidence that any research has done shows a total opposite. Yeah? We're a moderate voice. You, you will end up getting real extreme voices if you continue to suppress the public. But... I just think um, I've been encouraged as well 
that people are, I've been encouraged that mainstream platforms are having these discussions. I saw, and, and unfortunately, a lot of people have had to sacrifice a lot of things. I'm not just talking about myself. There's lots of people who attempted to have these conversations who would have lost their jobs, who would have been frowned upon, who have been labelled by their families, by their friends, by their community, by politicians, anything. We're seeing it in Ireland now. Ireland's going through the same phase. Anyone who says anything racist, far-right extremists, that will break. Yeah, That dam is breaking. It's going to break, and people will not care. Inf influential figures like Conor McGregor help that. The more influential figures that have these discussions, I just watched the Trigonometry podcast recently with a grooming victim. And the fact that she's sitting explaining to them that it is religious, okay. it is racial, yeah? It's unthinkable that a mainstream podcast would have been too scared to have that discussion, yeah? A truthful, honest discussion on where the hate comes from, which is what we need to do. We need to understand where the hate's come from. Stop, oh, it's from, it's because of the Israeli conflict. No, it's not, right? What, take Israel out of the equation, don't think there's no hate. What about all the rapes of the entire generation of our daughters? Where do you think that comes from? We're not even allowed to examine it. You're just called an Islamophobe or an East or an Ism or whatever word they use to at a minute to beat you down. No, I want to stop the rapes. I want to stop the Islamization of my nation. I don't want to just stop it. I want to de-Islamize it because there's so many people here who shouldn't be here. They're guests here. Many of these people, the man who beheaded Samuel Patty, the school teacher, who the pupils actually set him up, children set him up to be beheaded. Yeah? He, the man who beheaded him, was not. He had come to France. He's a guest in France. These are radical jihadists. Get rid of them, right? Send them back. We don't want them here. At that point of just worrying about offending people was gone. The whole European Court of Human Rights, they're jihadists. We're at war. They want to kill us. Get rid. We're fed up of watching as children or families are blown to pieces and forever have to pick up the pieces for someone who shouldn't even be it. We just need leaders to come out, be strong. I think that Douglas Murray's been incredibly strong on this issue and, and, and helping make people aware. And it's so important that people who have platforms just start speaking the truth. It's not hatred to say you do not want jihadists walking the streets of us. It's not hatred to point out that you have no idea who's coming in. They just admitted they've lost 17,000. In that 17,000 migrants, how many of them have a jihadist mindset? In fact, all you have to do is go through pure research of the countries they've come to to understand that they shouldn't be here anyway. Their values and their mindset and their beliefs don't fit with Western values. Sharia law, the European Court of Human Rights already ruled Sharia law, this is coming back to 2007, is incompatible with Western democracy and freedom. So anyone who wants Sharia law, see you later. You've got to go. You're not welcome here. That, and to say that is not extreme. It's not hatred. Yeah, it's now current. It's needed. We have to have brave, fearless voices in this debate and argument and sensible as well. It's sensible to say we do not want an alien ideology here that wishes to enslave our people, that wishes to overthrow our democracy yeah, and replace it. And that voice will only get louder as the demographic changes. Um, tell just to finish off with you on, uh, obviously, when, when actually did you find out you were back on Twitter? I was I was in, I was in Spain. Yeah, I was sitting in a restaurant, and I was just I saw it pop up. See Robinson Maria. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? And I was like, and so I had to check, and I was like, that's my account. But it had three hundred thousand followers. Three, it had three hundred five thousand, but my account had four hundred seventy five. So I was a bit confused. That shows they they must have deleted another hundred seventy thousand people. They deleted our whole movement. They delete the, the same with Facebook. When Facebook, when Facebook deleted me, 
I had 1.2 million followers. But what they've done is anyone who had shared my stuff positively was also then deleted. So what they've done was they cleared Facebook of our entire movement. They got rid of the entire movement of truth tellers and people who were opposed to the Islamization and open border immigration. They got rid of all of them. And, and, and that wasn't, so they made me a person of hate in 2019 or whatever, yeah? They went back to people who had posted three years prior, before I was a person of hate, and started deleting all their accounts. But yeah, I realised, and then I looked, and then do you know what? I don't remember any passwords. Anyone who knows me knows this, yeah? Every time I get locked out of my phone, or every time I get a phone taken off my by the police, I can never get back into my iCloud. I have to start a new iCloud. <laughs> but I, I never remember. So what happened? I sat there and I thought, well, that's my account. I don't know the password to the email address. Yeah. I don't know the password to the account. So I'm looking at it. I want to be. I want to be straight on there. I was. It was a frustrating 48 hours. I'm thinking. I want to tweet. I'm back. He's giving back my account. And but I couldn't. So it was a. Uh, yeah, it was frustrating. And then and then thank you to Ian. Ian in the United States who managed to get my email address changed for me. So then I received an email. And then I was thinking, is it true? Is it real? Are they going to do this? And then I received an email from them saying, "Here's access to your account." Then I danced around my room, screamed a lot, shouted a lot, and thought, here we go. We're back. Let's awaken the British public. I had to watch as all the hard work we'd done to educate people from 2009, 2015, 2017, was being undone through a highly funded propaganda piece to make Islam fashionable. It was then becoming fashionable. It's like, what? Influencers were all converted probably under the influence of mass amounts of money, <laughs> mass amounts of money. I think that what, what Qatar, what Saudi Arabia, what Dubai realised, do you know, if you look at the figures, and I've gone through this, of how much they spent to influence Islam in Europe. Look at Qatar and France. Qatar, in, Qatar literally funds the entire Islamic community of France yeah. to build mosques, to grow, build madrasas. Their goal, like Luton Town Centre, my hometown, has a shop called Discover Islam. It's funded hugely. It has a shop, their job, and, and, and I'll quote the man who opened it, who when he opened it, my local Luton council opened it with him. His job was to bring Islam into every home in Luton. Uh, these are conversion centres funded massively. And, and that's where the influence used to be, getting them out on the street and converting them. Then they realised the influence is with this. It's with social media influences. If they can get certain, inf certain individuals, Andrew Tate, um, lots of others, yeah. Um, Sneeko, there's all over people are converting, yeah. Boxers are doing it, yeah. I'd ask, how much are these people receiving, yeah? yeah. Because what in now, what they now realize is if we can get in, he's got the next generation of youth. If we get him to start putting out Quranic verses, how cool Islam is, telling people that Islam's the only solution to these problems, then they are converting more than they could ever dream of for a fraction of the money because they spend billions building mosques, building madrasas, build pushing it. And their goal, all of them, is to influence with Islam on our country, on our people, on your children. Yeah. So now I'm back. I feel that I can enlighten the public to the true nature of Islam and the dangers of it. And that, again, is not like, look, not every Muslim, but I think most Muslims are naive to the agenda of Islam. Most Muslims who you say are beautiful people, who I know are beautiful people, do not follow the Quran to the literal interpretation. They're not following it word to word. They pick the good bits and ignore the bad bits. And I'm sorry, with the growing influence of Islam on Europe, you cannot 
ignore the bad bits. We cannot continue to have our borders open with all this hatred that's spewed against us, with these people who are being brought up from the age of four or five, indoctrinated to believe this is the word of God, to believe Mohammed, who beheaded 600 in one day, who raped children, who murdered, who tortured, to believe he was perfect. Far from it. We need a big discussion on it. And um, now's the time. It was great to see you back and when, when you and Katie were put back on the same day. I miss other... Katie. I, I know, but... Katie. And she didn't know. She's like, I said, your account's back. Our account's back. She was like, what? Like, she didn't know. She said, look, fuck out. But she didn't know. Yeah, I missed her. And then she put a tweet out. I was thinking, I can't even put a tweet out. <laughs> oh, it was so good. And of course, the, the other two that were persona non grata are... Uh, Bannon and Alex Jones in the States and yeah, I'm Gavin intrigued McGinnis why they recently. Huh? So Gavin McGinnis got his back. So okay, yes, I saw Gavin get, yes, yes. get his back. So yep. I have hope. And and everyone who hasn't broke the law, Elon Musk's words, if you haven't committed a crime, yeah, if you haven't used your platform to, to commit a crime, I've never been arrested for anything. Hate crime, racial, I've never even been arrested for any of it, yeah. Everything I put out of is factual and backed up by scripture or evidence. And that unfortunately, we went through five or six years where the truth and facts were deemed as hate speech. Elon Musk has given us back our ability to have discussions, free and open discussions, which is the way, which is what's needed. Even with Muslims and with their imams and with their leaders, let's talk. Let's debate and let the public make their own mind up. They're going to be on our side. 100%. Let me just leave people with the books again trsilence.com trsilence.com uh, get a hold of them by buying the books you support Tommy and um, if you've had them before get another copy and pass it on to a friend wrap it up as a Christmas gift Tommy thanks so much for coming on always good to have you and um, thanks you for Peter, coming if, I, if I'm successful in having my um, conditions removed I'll see you on the 12th sounds good I will see you then thanks so much Tommy see you later if you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list, donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.